0: Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother, whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars, wear Christian symbols, quote scripture, pray eloquently, and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, We are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible, pen and paper handy as
1: Pastor Rander teaches us today. And Father, we thank you for the worshipful time we're having in the house of God with the people of God to the glory of God. There is none like you. We thank you for the divine privilege of worshiping you in your house in spirit and in truth. And so many around the world wish they could just get in the doors of your house and be enveloped in the praise and worship in person. And we pray, Father, in your own good timing, you bring them here. We pray now that you would use me to preach truth from your spirit in times of unrest and uncertainty and confusion may there be a dismissing of the gospel and people's heart will be set at ease and be refocused and receive the blessed assurance that when we're in your hands everything's going to be alright in Jesus name and all God's children said Amen Amen You may be seated. Have your Bibles. We're going to re-engage back in 1 John. The last few Sundays, uh, we have been preaching on the reality of hell, a special two-point message, but now we're going to go back into 1 John, uh, chapter 2, verses 7 through 11 is our text for this morning, 1 John, chapter 2. Verses seven through 11, you get that fast if you go to the end of the Bible and go forward from there. The scripture says, beloved, I'm not writing to you a new commandment, but an old one which you have had from the beginning. This commandment is the message you have heard. Then again, I am also writing to you a new commandment, which is true in him and also in you. For the darkness is fading and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims to be in the light but hates his brother, he is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother remains in the light, and there is no cause of stumbling in him. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach How to know if I'm genuinely saved. How to know if I'm genuinely saved. Many Christians, even though saved, still struggle with the assurance of their own personal salvation. When many believers are asked, are you going to heaven? Many respond by saying, I hope so or I think so. Beloved, God does not want you to live your Christian life in doubt He didn't want you to be uncertain. He don't want you fearful or worried over whether or not you're saved. You need to know without a doubt that you're saved. You need to have the blessed assurance of your salvation. And neither does the Lord want you deceived thinking you're saved when you're not really saved at all. It is God's desire and my desire as well as your pastor to see you no longer struggle with the issue of your own personal salvation, but rather settle the matter today today. So that you can have a sure spiritual foundation upon which to build your life and to live confidently in your eternal security. In this particular passage, John begins this chapter speaking to Christians affectionately referring to them as my little children with a fatherly concern. The aged apostle often used this expression of endearment to address the issue of sin and the assurance of their salvation. With that being said, how can I know without a doubt that I'm genuinely saved? That's the question I pose to you and we need to consider this morning. How can I know without a doubt that I'm genuinely saved? Well, in 1 John, if you look at the text, chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, it says, Beloved, I'm not writing to you a new commandment, But an old one, which you have had from the beginning, this commandment is the message you have heard. Then again, I'm writing. I'm also writing to you a new commandment, which is true in him and also in you. For the darkness is fading and the true light is already shining. Now, when John says in verse seven, a beloved, I am not writing to you a new commandment, but an old one which you have had from the beginning. He's actually referring to uh, the salvation of believers when they first heard and received the gospel of Christ. And when John says in verse eight, a, if you look there, if you will, please, then John, it says, then again, I am also writing to you a new commandment, which is true in, in him. And also in you, you see that he is speaking here to the believing community the believing community, and it's referring back to the gospel of John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, which says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35 says by this, all will know that you are my disciples. You say, what is a disciple? A disciple is a learner and follower Of the Lord Jesus Christ. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In the Old Testament, God instructed his people on how to put love in action. Not only is love seen in the New Testament, it also goes all the way back to the Old Testament. And you can even see it in the book of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. In Leviticus 19, 18, it says, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. It says love your neighbor as yourself. But the problem is today people don't even love themselves. So how in the world they going to love their neighbor when they don't even love themselves? In the New Testament, Jesus elevates love to a higher level because he loved not only his friends. Jesus didn't just love folk who loved him. He also loved folk who didn't like him. He loved his enemies. So Jesus loved his friends. Jesus loved his enemies. Jesus loved his persecutors. And Jesus loved sinners. He not only loved the elite Jesus also loved the outcast as well. Second John chapter one, verse five, it says, And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I write a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. That's second John one, five. We should love one another because 1 John 4.19 is a critical passage. We should love one another because 1 John 4.19 says we love him because he first loved us. God, out of his great mysterious love for lost humanity, sent Christ who brought light, hope, and salvation. Jesus, when he intruded a world of darkness, brought into this world light, He brought into this dog world hope and he brought into this dog world salvation into a world filled with spiritual darkness. This world when Jesus came was filled with sin, wickedness, lawlessness and hatred. Jesus, who is the personification of love. You want to know what love really is? Look at the Lord Jesus Christ, for he himself is the personification of love, and he sets the supreme example as to what genuine, agape, sacrificial love really is. For believers, love is not optional. It is not optional. The Lord requires Christians to love the Save as well as the lost. I don't. It doesn't matter how bad an unsaved person is or what they've done. We are to love the lovable and love the ones who have done evil things. You are not put conditions on your love.
0: Maranatha's annual math and science camp for third to twelfth graders will be held on Saturday, July thirty first, from eight a.m. to three thirty p.m. This year's focus is careers. Join us for fun hands-on learning demonstrations, work vehicle parade, and prizes, all for $5 per person. Register on Maranatha's
1: Facebook page. People come and telling me, well, I don't love my wife anymore. I don't love my husband anymore. Well, you are, you are out of the will of God. And just like you will yourself to love her, you can love her again. It's an act of your own will. Don't be telling me you don't love her. Uh, You get over yourself. And do what God is calling you to do. Amen. The problem is not with the word. The problem is with the sinner. So so we are to love the saved as well as the lost. Our love for people must be unconditional. We shouldn't put strings attached to our love. Our love for people needs to be intentional. Our love for people needs to be decisive. Again, our love for people needs to be what? Unconditional. A love for people needs to be what? Intentional and decisive, even when it is not, uh, reciprocated. In other words, some, some Christians only love folk who, who love them back. And, but, no, but no, you, you need to love people who don't love you back. That's a sign of your spiritual maturity. The love of Christ will not allow you to scheme. When you really have genuine, sacrificial, agape, Christ-like love, That kind of love will never allow you to scheme on your brother or your sister, anybody in your personal families, on your job or anywhere else. You won't scheme. You won't compete. Competition tears up a family competing with one another tears up the job. It tears up the church. We're not called to compete with one another. We're called to work together in the unity of the spirit in the bonds of the Lord Jesus Christ. God doesn't call us to, to gossip. You can't love and gossip at the same time. You cannot love and slander. If you're slandering, you're not loving. You can't love and hold grudges. If you're holding grudges, you're not loving. You, you, you cannot get even. Getting even is a sure sign that you don't love. You're not called to hurt one another. God calls you to love folk unconditionally and not hurt people. I don't know how people hurt uh, little children and little babies. Rather... Genuine love emulates Christ and seeks the highest good of others. I ought to be seeking your highest good and you should be seeking my highest good. And when you love me according to the scripture and I love you according to the scripture, what unity we have amidst the body of Christ. And you know why churches can't get much done? They're so busy competing and fighting and slandering and gossiping and backbiting and say, say, sick you you, dividing one another. And it's tearing a whole thing down and, uh, the work of the kingdom gets undone and you're playing right into Satan's hand. John 13, 35 says, By this you will know you are my disciples if you love one for, if you have love one for another. What should attract people to the Lord's church here in Maranatha or any other church is an unwavering commitment to the Word of God. And I believe that's why people come. People come here because of the Word of God. I'm not up here just prancing around playing games and throwing hoops and uh, hanging from the lights up up there. I'm not doing all that. I'm too old for that now. Okay, I'm not going to scream and try to be foaming at the mouth. I'm not trying to impress folk that don't like me anyhow. You know, I'm past all of that. I'm a preaching preacher from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to preach whether you smile, whether you frown, whether you walk out. I'm going to preach. Matter of fact, you smile. My sermons may get a little shorter. (laughs) We must possess an unconditional, unwavering love for one another. With that being said, how do I know without a doubt that I'm genuinely saved? How do I know without a doubt I'm genuinely saved? Well, number one, what gives evidence of your salvation is that we believe and embrace Jesus Christ who is the true light. What gives evidence of our salvation is that we believe and embrace Christ, who is the true light. First John 2, 8 says, then again, I am also writing to you a new commandment, which is true in him and also in you, for darkness is fading and the true light is already shining. True light in verse 8. See that word true light in verse 8? It refers to, that true light refers to of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the true light. He was light coming into darkness. He was born into darkness uh, in in, in Bethlehem. Uh, True light in verse 8 refers to the Lord Jesus Christ who is the light of the world who shines through us to others who are in spiritual darkness. When you are saved, you have the life of God living in your soul and you have the light of God living in your life. You have light and life in you from the Lord at the new birth experience. The gospel of John chapter eight, verse 12 also accentuates the light. It says, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Look at light. Light of life. Apart from Christ, everyone born in this world is born in spiritual darkness and is in dire need of spiritual life. Again, apart from Christ, everyone born in this world is born in spiritual darkness and is in dire need of spiritual life, which comes only through Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. Jesus, who came to earth because of his great unconditional love for lost humanity, taught his disciples to love one another, and he demonstrated it before them in a very personal way by washing the disciples' feet, washing the Palestinian dirt off their feet. He humbled himself. The God of all creation, the God of heaven and earth, the God who lived, ruled, and reigned from heaven is now in corned flesh, Washing the feet of his own creation, the disciples. He showed them, he demonstrated servanthood. When a believer receives Christ, he is rescued from the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of light. Once you have been rescued and transferred into the kingdom of God, you are spiritual light. At, and the light of Christ should be emanating from you because of the light in you. Colossians 1.13 says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. It is impossible, my friend. Listen closely. It is impossible to walk in light and darkness at the same time. You're either walking in light or you're walking in darkness, but you're not walking in both at the same time. Our genuine love for other believers validates that we have the light of Christ within us. Beloved, is the light of Christ shining bright through you? If your light is dim or flickering, You cannot be used to the maximum of your potential for Christ. When John says in verse 8b, look, for the darkness is fading, underline that, for the darkness is fading. He is saying that no matter how spiritual dark the world becomes, it is only temporary and will soon pass away. It is evident today that spiritual darkness is not fading, but increasing as we witness the ruins and ravages of sin. Uh, We see darkness increasing. You say, I don't see any darkness fading, but you just hold on a little while longer. You will see it fade. So right now, the darkness is increasing. You have the ruins and ravages of sin. You have evil. You have lies. You look around, there's deception and murder, increase of crime. You have confusion, political upheaval. You have riots and sedition. You have increase of drug use and the disintegration of the family. Doesn't look like the darkness is fading to me. (laughs) But spiritual darkness will fade away at the second coming of Christ when he will personally come in his glorified body in brilliant Shekinah light as he invades a world filled with darkness to destroy darkness, sin, to destroy his enemies and establish the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ over in Jerusalem. One day, the darkness of this world is soon to pass away. Number two, how can you know you'll be saved without a doubt? An indication that one has been born again is that he or she remains in the light. You're not in the light one day and in darkness next. You're not in both camps. An indication that one has been born again is that he or she remains in the light. First John two ten says, Whoever loves his brother remains in the light, a sure sign that one is un unsaved, a sure sign that one is unsaved is that he loves spiritual darkness. Now you like spiritual darkness. You like doing evil deeds of darkness. You like doing abominable things that justifies that you are lost and without Christ. You know what darkness, spiritual darkness, you hear the word darkness, darkness, darkness refers to moral and spiritual darkness. Darkness refers to ignorance, ignorance to the word of God, ignorance to the things of God. Darkness is associated with wickedness. We talk about darkness. You're talking about wickedness. You're talking about ignorance. You're talking about immorality and all of these things. All is associated with darkness. But when one possesses the light of Christ, he hates the darkness. She hates the darkness and has an inner longing to follow Christ. When you have the life. Of Christ in you. The light of Christ in you. There's an inner longing. To follow Christ. There's an inner longing. When you have the life of Christ. The light of Christ in you. There's an inner longing. To obey Christ. There's an inner longing. To live in holiness. Before the Lord. Beloved. Are you in. Spiritual darkness. Or do you. Possess the light of Christ. Are you. In spiritual darkness. Or do you possess the light of Christ? Number three, we know we are genuinely saved when we love our fellow believers in Christ. We know we are genuinely saved when we love our fellow believers in Christ. First John chapter two, verses nine through 11. Look there, if you will. If anyone claims to be in the light, but hates his brother, underline that brother, He is still in the darkness. Verse 10, whoever loves his brother, underline brother there, remains in the light. And there is no cause of stumbling in him. Verse 11, but whoever hates his underline brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. In other words, he who says he is in the light but lives an habitual lifestyle of hate, is in the darkness and does not know where he's going because spiritual darkness has blinded his eyes. Notice the word brother is used three times in verses uh, nine through 11. You You got his brother, his brother, his brother, loving our brothers and sisters in Christ is not optional. You are obligated to love me by the word of God. I'm obligated to love you by the love of God. I hope you do me right, but if you do me wrong, I still have to love you. That's right. Now, God's going to get you for mistreating me, but I'm going to love you anyhow. That's right. Loving our brothers and sisters in Christ is not optional, but it's commanded by our Lord as well as the apostle John, who was with the Lord. Our love for the brethren validates our salvation. When you love your brothers and sisters in Christ, you validate that you're saved. You're not partial. You're not biased. You know the ground is level at the cross. You love people regardless of their color, regardless of their socioeconomic status, regardless of whether, whether they are elite or whether they are outcasts of society. You love people regardless of how they smell or how they dress. You don't put conditions on their love. What the world needs now is love because that's the, the thing that there's just too little of. Our love for the brethren validates our salvation. When Jesus uses the word brother, he is referring to our fellow believers in Christ. And he's speaking of brothers and sisters in Christ. When he says brother, it's not just talking about men. That's talking about our fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen, I want you to hear this well, because here's where we are in a society. Don't worry about what the pundits and, and the opinions are saying. You need to hold on to gospel truth. I'm going to tell you something to set your soul free and to set you at ease. Stop getting your clues from Fox and CNN and CNBC, ABC, and all the other alphabets. Get your cues from the word of God. Do I have a witness? I want to say something. Hate is a spiritual condition of the heart that is despised by God and incompatible with the Christian life. I'm going to say that again. That is so big it'll fly right by you. Okay, hate is a sinful condition of the heart that is despised by God and incompatible with a Christian life. Because First John two 9, 11 says, "If anyone claims to be in the light but hates his brother, he is still in the darkness. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness." I would like to give you some spiritual insights on ways in which believers demonstrate hate. Cause some of you folk in here, you, some of you, not all of you, but there's some people I'm speaking to virtually and right here under my voice. You got a hateful spirit, a hateful spirit. You say, Oh, I dare you say that. I dare. I will. You have a hateful spirit. And I would like to give some of you spiritual insights on ways in which believers demonstrate hate, especially when so many are fixated on hating one another. In what ways do believers demonstrate hate? Let me give you a few of these first and then we'll transition. In what ways do believers demonstrate hate? Hatred is displayed in many ways. Let me just give you a few of them. You know them, but let me just remind you. Number one, hate is uh, demonstrated When one spouse sacrifices while the other goes to school or builds a career, only to then abandon their spouse, leaving them forsaken, in debt, and emotionally fragile.
0: The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word, for his word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge Him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.